Welcome back to Normans Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. Today, we talk about the doll that changed it all. Come on, Normies, let's go party. It's Barbie on Normies Like Us. Everybody, turn to the Barbie next to you. Tell her how much you love her. Compliment her. Where are we going? Barbie land. I just don't know who I am without you. You're Ken. But it's Barbie and Ken. Our dolls are coming to Los Angeles from Barbie land. Can I come to your house tonight? Sure. I don't have anything big planned. Just a giant blowout party with all the Barbies and planned choreography and a bespoke song. You should stop by. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Bye. 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 You heard it up top. Hi, Barbie. Uh, we're talking the new feature film, Barbie, on uh, Normies Like Hi, Us. Barbie. Uh, hi, Barbie. Uh, with your host, uh, Mike Ken. And this is Irrepressible Thoughts of Death, Jacob. Ah, hello, Normies. <laughs> hello, hello. The fav- uh, my not- favorite variation of Jacob. Yes, yes. It's uh, more, more common than you would hope. But uh, we're, we're seeing a variation of Colin on this record. I think he's either on a car or a boat or a spaceship some journey a tandem bicycle i yeah. think a tandem bicycle indeed By so himself. Uh, <laughs> you know he's just call in uh call can right. not sure what he's up to uh but now we'll we'll catch up with him uh next week he is call enough he's call enough that's right um, but we're talking yeah as we've said in the intro the doll that changed it all you know we've done some other toy episodes in the past we've done a ninja turtles um Transformers, G.I. Joe, you know, things of this nature, He-Man. And now we've come around to uh, what we're definitely the target demographic for, Barbie. Uh, That's right. So, real quick, uh, history of Barbie, Jacob. Yeah. Personally, in general. I mean, obviously, uh, I don't know if we were targeted for this, but we were around Barbies and people who had them. At least I was. How about you? Sure. I, I think so. I mean, I have a sister. I think she had Barbies. I don't really know. I assume she did. I wasn't a big like action. Fi- we weren't a, like a big action figure house, I guess, because I didn't have GI Joes or Transformers or any of that stuff. when I was a kid, I mainly had like Legos and uh, that's about it. Well, I had army men, you know, just like generic toy soldiers, but I didn't yeah. have like GI Joes or anything like that. So not a big toy household, I guess, but I do think my sister must've had Barbies or something like that too. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and like some yeah. of this stuff, like G.I. Joe, it was a little bit like for the kids that were slightly older than me. So, my older cousins would mm. have G.I. Joes and then like their sisters would have Barbies and, and this and that, you know. That yeah. Was more of a Ninja Turtles era toys, you know, big uh, swimming turtles, things like that. But obviously, sure. a big deal, Barbie as a as a fixture of pop culture. I mean, it's, yes. you know, a big deal. Absolutely. We'll get all all of the ins and outs of this movie um change the game that. like the beginning of this movie shows the 2001 space opera <laughs> of it all right yes yes absolutely it changed the paradigm like like it said you know there was baby dolls space odyssey i said yeah opera for some reason. yeah 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 um, but it's uh you can either yeah, there was learn baby to be dolls a mother before her yeah. or now barbie unleashes it yeah go ahead <laughs> exactly yeah so she kind of changed the game for adding options of like what little girls could play with or little boys, if that's what they're into. Right. Right. And I think there is something, you know, we'll get into the movie, but there's something about the impact that Barbie, let's say the toy has had on culture, but also the way, let's say the 
advertising, the marketing of said toy is built like its own, like there's, there's waves and layers to, I think the legacy of Barbie as both being a, a positive role model, let's say of things that women and girls could achieve or strive yes. to be, et cetera. But then there's also like, we need to make money with this side of it. Totally. So there's interesting layers to and all marketing of toys, you know, our cartoons absolutely. and shit. So this movie deals with that as well. Um, yeah, this movie really, I'm surprised that Maytel like signed off on this film, to be honest, because it does really <laughs> take like a critical look at everything, you know, positive and negative about Barbie. Uh, but we'll mm-hmm. get into that, right? Absolutely, um, we will. I but not just a big deal you, in so, toys. I'm saying yeah. a big deal in the world right now at the box office, right? Absolutely. Well, I wanted to, of course, mention Barbenheimer, right? Everyone's talking That's about right. Barbenheimer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, two big movies open this weekend, Barbie and Oppenheimer, very different movies, different in tone, different in content. And so because of that, it became a meme, Barbenheimer, right? Yep. So I guess I just wanted to ask you, and I know the answer to this, but for the normies out there, are you planning to see Oppenheimer uh, as well as Barbie? Yeah, well, you know, we, we talked about this off pod, but for the listeners, I, I was seriously planning on doing the the Barbenheimer, the Boppenheimer weekend, but man, I got to tell you. Getting good tickets for Oppenheimer in L.A., I waited way too long and was unable to. So, I went to Barbie. Same. But, yeah, there's like one seat in the front row kind of thing. It's like, I'm not doing that for Oppenheimer. So, yeah, we did pivot. We're going to watch that next week on Friday, correct? That's right. So, for me, I really wanted to see this in 70 millimeter IMAX, which mm-hmm. is the like preferred way to see this movie, Oppenheimer. Correct. Um, it's the way, you know, Christopher Nolan says you got to see it this way. They shot it on you know, 70 millimeter cameras, large Mm -hmm. format cameras. So it's specifically made kind of to be seen that way. So if you have the opportunity to, you should, if you can, if you want to. And because we live in LA, of course, there are some IMAX theaters in our vicinity. Uh, Mm -hmm. But like you, I did wait. I underestimated how popular it would be. And so just, I was just looking at IMAX 70 millimeter, but they were, I looked last week, it was fully booked at the two locations that are near me. It was fully booked through the weekend and into next week, which is why, we're going to see it on Friday, me, you, and a couple uh, friends of the podcast, right? Yep, absolutely. And it'll be at the famous TCL uh, Chinese Theater. Um, that's right. You know, you formerly Romans right there on Hollywood Boulevard. I hate going to Hollywood, but man, it, that seems like a good place to see uh, yeah. Oppenheimer. So, that's the plan. But uh, not only, you know, is Oppenheimer and Barbenheimer a big thing, but like it's yes. a big thing making money-wise. It's a big... Yes. Yeah. I just want to say it's funny too because Christopher Nolan left uh, Warner Brothers after Tenant didn't get a theatrical distribution. And so they said, right. we're going to release Barbie on the same day. It started as a slight, but it became this pop culture kind of inflection point. And like, you know, the numbers Barbie don't is lie. Warner Brothers? Correct. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess you could say Nolan kind of showed them too because Oppenheimer has been also very successful this weekend and that's kind of what's interesting is that the Barbenheimer meme actually paid off it actually made well I don't think that's the main reason but both these movies are both financial successes and critical successes which is so rare the two mo- two big movies come out do really well at the box office and the critics love both of them. Like that's just unheard of. In one yeah. Weekend, right? Everyone's been freaking out. Oh, the movie's dying. Right. And then this weekend happens and Oppenheimer's three hours long rated R biopic. Like who's running yeah. out the door, but the fact that it's doing it's, well and Barbie's doing well, it's pretty wild. It's amazing. I actually wrote down some, 
some facts about sort of the historical nature, the record-breaking nature of this weekend. So I can just yes. share those with you now. I think they're kind of interesting. So this is the first weekend in box office history that two movies came out the same weekend and both made over $80 million in their opening weekend. Wow. That's never happened before. That's Um, pretty awesome. Yeah. And not only has that never happened, it's only the fourth time that two movies made over 50 million, 50 million in the first weekend at the same, at the same time. So geez, that's only happened three times before. So Oppenheimer is basically the biggest movie to open against a movie that made over a hundred million Barbie, um, that's ever and it's beat the record by like thirty million dollars, which is crazy. Wild, yeah. Um, that that yeah. The pop culture Barbenheimer, the meme became reality. You know, it's wild. And I never expected. I mean, I expected Barbie to do well. I never expected, like you said, a three-hour biopic historical, you know, movie. Yeah, that's mostly just like men talking, like government hearings and stuff. I never Probably expected very that depressing. To do so well. <laughs> Not um, a feel-good yeah. movie, let's say. Right, right. <laughs> So, but the three other times that two movies came out the same weekend and both made mm-hmm. at least fifty million, fifty million dollars. Yeah, uh, that happened three other times. The last time was twenty thirteen. I bet you can't guess any of the movies uh, involved with this. But in twenty thirteen, um, no, no, I can't. So, in twenty thirteen, it was Monsters University in World War Z. Uh, the year before that, Madagascar Three in Prometheus in twenty twelve. Wow. And then in 2008, Wally and Wanted. So those are the three times beforehand that this I has think happened. one one of those movies holds up, and it's wa- Wally. <laughs> yeah. Wally's good. Um, and the funny part about this too is that Madagascar Three was co-written by Noah Baumbach, who also co-wrote the Barbie movie uh, with his partner Greta Gerwig. Right. Um, and Noah Baumbach, this is so weird that he would co-write Madagascar three, because if you know anything about him as a filmmaker, he does like small indie movies. He doesn't, mm. he doesn't write Madagascar three. So that's wild that that's on his filmography. Uh, Interesting, yeah. but I just thought that was kind of funny that the second, you know, the uh, one of the other times that this happened, he was involved. Um, yeah. Some other facts about Barbie. So this is the biggest opening of Margot Robbie's career. It's the biggest opening of Ryan Gosling's career. Wow. Uh, obviously, it's the biggest opening of Greta Gerwig's career as a director. I think for a female um, director, period, the largest yes, opening weekend. So exactly. So not only, yes, it's the biggest opening by a film directed by a woman ever, just edging out. Do you know what it beat? What did it Can beat? Yes. Mm, no. Captain Marvel. Captain which Marvel. Which was co-directed okay. by Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. So even that That's was only right. co-directed by a woman and a man. Um, Full yeah, Greta so there you Gerwig. go. So Greta Gerwig, uh, great job. And this is the 24th biggest opening weekend ever in movie history. 24th biggest. Nice. And here, you know, this is splitting hairs a little bit. But if you take out all the sequels, prequels, MCU installments, and live-action Disney remakes, if you take those all out, it's the biggest opening weekend ever. Wow. So that's so, crazy. I mean, it's not an original IP per se, but... No, it's still a licensed IP kind of property, but it's not a sequel. No, and you know, it's, it's something It's not a that, remake of it, you know. You no. can count maybe the, the direct-to-DVD Barbie movies that have been made in the past or something, but it's not really the same thing, right? No, no, not, not at all. And So you take out all MCU movies, all Disney live action remakes it's number one that's incredible it's crazy and yeah and you know 
Well, we'll get into the movie, but I do want to mention, too, as we're talking about uh, directors, let's say, and who wrote Madagascar and who wrote these ongoing yeah. strike in Hollywood, obviously. They're not asking for consumer boycotts. So going to the movies is fine, everybody out there. But we do want to say, wow, biggest weekend. Guess what these movies take, studios, uh, writers and actors. And I think at least for Barbie, we'll dive into it deep. But I think great work and you need to start paying people. Uh, that's Absolutely. where I'm at. So solidarity this weekend wouldn't have happened without talented writers and actors. So no. come on. And you can... I would say going to see these movies actually does help the striking actors and writers because you're supporting their work and showing that Hollywood wouldn't run without them. And mm-hmm. it's kind of ironic because they weren't, you know, after, once the strike started, the actors and the and the people involved in the movie aren't able to promote the movie. So this right. this movie had a bunch of marketing up until the strike. And then, you know, Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling, they can't talk about the movie to the media anymore. So that nope. kind of you would think would hurt it. And it's still the biggest opening weekend of the year beating out Super Mario Brothers, which is just... I knew it was going to do well. I didn't think it would be the number one movie of the year so far. Me neither. And the other thing for context, too, I've seen some chart that says, like, this is the biggest opening, like, post-pandemic. Like, it's been, like, Endgame before that, and then Spider-Man, yes. and then this. So, that's what... Yeah, so this is the fourth biggest... Um, this is also the fourth biggest opening weekend, or the fourth biggest weekend at the movies ever... Right. Uh, and, and the ones that are bigger were Endgame, No Way Home, and I think Force Awakens. Did you say that? Yeah, Force Awakens also. But it's yeah. like that's the caliber of movie that that's the kind of excitement that I guess audiences have about the Barbie and the Boppenheimer, you know, kind of yeah. vibe. Like it feels like a Star Wars because, you know, when I went um, to my screening, tons of people dressed up, tons of good energy, like lots yes. of pink. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. The, in the whole parking lot. Like it was, it was an incredible kind of energy that I normally only see for a Marvel or a Star Wars. How was it at your screen? Totally. Uh, I mean, for me, it wasn't as crowded. I went classic, you know, matinee on a, mm. on a Monday, you know, Monday at yep. 2 PM, not the best time to have a huge crowd, but um, no, no. <laughs> still, you know, an enthusiastic crowd. And I'm sure there was a lot of people at the prime times to see movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is nice to just have, you know, a reason to dress up to see the movies. And I think th- that the meme kind of played into that. If you think about like, you know, the minion, the gentle minions thing where oh, people yes. would dress up in like suits and go see the minions like that probably helped minions Correct. box office bottom line as well. So like giving I'm people sure. a reason to like make an event and like and even the whole Barbenheimer. Here's the thing. I don't think seeing them as a double feature is necessarily a good idea uh, because from what <laughs> I hear, Oppenheimer is very like um, it's a very different vibe than Barbie. Right. So if you see Oppenheimer yeah. first and you come out of Oppenheimer, you're just thinking about like this existential dread. And then you have to go into Barbie. It's going to be very clashing in tone, right? Well, Barbie's about existential dread too, to a degree. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Anything. But yeah, I get you. Once uh, yeah. it's based on real life, you're going to come out of that feeling different. I think that's what fueled the meme too, though. It's like, not only are these two movies, you know, from well-respected directors who are like, you know, very high points in their careers, um, firing on all cylinders, but it's like, there couldn't be two more different movies. Right. Like, this is all pink. Oppenheimer might as well be black and white. You know what I mean? It's like, I think the opposites really made the meme strong. And I know studios are going to try to artificially create something like this in the future. And totally. it's just not going to work. <laughs> They're going to learn the wrong lessons from it. Um, mm-hmm. And I've already seen like, like the Paw Patrol movie and Saw are coming out on the same day. And Saw Patrol. trying to say like it's Saw Patrol. But it doesn't <laughs> yeah. work when the movies aren't good. You know, I think the reason why this works is that both these movies are doing well and they're getting critically praised. Um, mm-hmm. 
By the way, Oppenheimer, is, uh, it's the third biggest opening for a bio biopic ever. Um, the two better ones are American Sniper and mm. The Passion of the Christ. Oh, yeah, yeah, Jesus, yeah. Jesus, right? That's a bit of a stretch um, if you ask me, but don't tell anybody well, I said it. <laughs> Jesus was like a real person, right? There's a historical yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. I'm yeah. trying to figure out how accurate the book is. Anyway, right. that's just a joke. Um, it's jokes, people. Yes, biopics are very the, popular. Oppenheimer is also the 12th biggest R-rated movie opening of all time. And it's the biggest yeah. since Joker in 2019. So there you go. Warner Brothers had that one. And it's the third biggest opening of Nolan's career, only after The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. So the fact huh. that this is his best his best selling non-Batman movie ever is also kind of mind-blowing considering Inception was a big hit at the time, you know, mm-hmm. Interstellar, like he's made big movies before. Yep. Dunkirk, uh Tenet kind of got hamstrung by the whole pandemic and mm-hmm. getting released on HBO Max and everything. Um so I'm glad, you know, I'm glad Oppenheimer's doing well. I mean, 80 million for a movie like that in its opening weekend is insane. Like it beat Flash. It beat Indiana Jones. It beat Elemental. Um, Did it beat uh, um, Fast X and um, Mission Impossible? Mission Impossible, yeah, wild. Yeah, so it's wild. And then Barbie, one hundred fifty-five plus million. You love to see it just and, in and the again, opening weekend. Yeah, I, I wasn't expecting a ton. You know, I, I'm thinking Barbie movie, right? Yeah, you know, I think I got it, but I did not. Yeah. I did not expect, I think, what I got. And I was pleasantly surprised. And the critics are agreeing, like, really, really, what a... Yeah. What a I great think the marketing did a good job of, like, showing the movie without showing a lot of the movie, you know, like, showing what the movie's really going to be about. Like, mm-hmm. it made people interested to see it without giving away kind of what it's really about, so to speak. Yeah. And you know what? I think um, that's probably a good place to transition into, you know, the Barbie movie. But we did want to highlight up top kind of the Barbenheimer movement. This is a big uh, weekend for movies. And again, pay your actors and writers because you don't have any of this without them. Uh, But go to the movies. We love the movies and we love the people that make the movies. So studio execs, you know what to do. Um, pay the people what they deserve and also we've had really good ideas on this podcast for properties so you can also hire us once everything's right. not now when, when not everything's scab- we're not scabbing yeah. no we we'll no. just join the union and give us some good gigs and pay us well <laughs> that's um, right but on that let's go ahead and uh you know let's go party in the in in barbie dreamland let's get out barbie land come on barbie let's, let's go, go podcast that's right <laughs> We're back. I'm just Ken. And uh, I think we spent enough time on the ups intros. So I'm going to throw it to Jacob. He's going to give us a little bit of background on some of the people who are behind the Barbie movie now that we're jumping into uh, the box proper. Absolutely. So, of course, uh, this movie is directed by Greta Gerwig. So who is Greta Gerwig? Are you familiar with her at all, her past work or anything like that? I would need titles, but I know I've seen some of her work. Um, Yeah. So she got, I mean, she's... She's acted before, but she's mainly a director now. She got her start in the mumblecore uh, movement, which was like a lot of these low-budget movies in the 2000s. There was a group of people that kind of spearheading this movement to make these low-budget indies. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she was a big figure in that movement. 
Um, so she kind of came up doing that. She was acting, she was writing, she was directing. Um, this is her fourth directorial uh, film film that she's directed. Nice. Okay. Um, she, you know, you might have you might have heard of her other films, Lady Bird and yes. Little Women. Um, Lady Bird, I think, is an excellent film. I rewatched it actually just the other day in preparation for seeing Barbie. Nice. Huge fan of Lady Bird. It's it's a coming of age story about millennials growing up in the two thousands. Something that we can relate to. Um, yeah. I, huh. And I would recommend it for anyone, especially millennials who grew up in the two thousands, because I think it's one of the best, if not the best, depiction of what it was like to grow up in that time. Um, oh, yeah, that's great. It's really good. So check that out. Little Women obviously is an adaptation of a novel. Mm-hmm. Um, and now Barbie. Uh, adaptation of a toy. Kind of making her leap to a sort of a bigger budget, a bigger, a higher echelon of big budget movie making. Mm-hmm. Um, so she kind of, she came up from indies. Also, she, her, her partner, her romantic partner in life, uh, as well as her professional partner is Noah Baumbach, who is a, also a well-known director and writer. I've seen most of his, his movies. Um, you know, he made marriage story most recently, uh, okay. he made uh, Margot at the Wedding, The Squid and the Whale, Greenberg, Francis Ha, which also he co-wrote with Greta Gerwig and also stars Greta Gerwig. So he makes a lot of indie movies. Uh, I like Got a lot it. of his movies. Yeah. I'm a big fan it's, of Noah Baumbach. It's uh, admittedly a bit of a blind spot for me. I haven't seen a lot of his work. Um, yeah. I'm just a big fan of like... I need to watch Lady Bird. Shit. Yeah. Check out Lady Bird. Check out Francis Ha. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of both of them. So going yeah. into this movie, I was like, I was like, yeah, you know, two, two filmmakers that I like a lot, kind of trying something new and making a big budget license IP property, which is definitely not something, not the norm for, for Greta Gerwig or Noah Baumbach. No, no. And honestly, um, I mean, to speak candidly, like kind of knocking it out of the park here with like a big IP and I think everything they whatever they wanted to achieve with this, it seems like they have certainly with critical response and audience response. It's definitely resonating. So good for them. And that is fantastic. Um, yeah. At the same time, we have what Margot Robbie, her biggest opening. And there's always been this kind of undercurrent of, Oh, can she be a lead? You know, will she draw right. money? And I think this kind of puts all that to rest. I think she absolutely can and does uh, in this movie. Yeah. I mean, she's had a career that, uh, I've liked a lot of the movies that she's been in. She's yeah. done different things. Obviously, Harley Quinn. Um, she also does more kind of Oscar type fare, like I Tanya, where she played Tanya Harding, uh, yeah. and other movies. You know, she's been in a, a few. So she's been in I a like few, her a lot as an actress. Yeah, yeah, me too. And it's just people. I, I guess executive types are like, but is she a, a big draw? And I think now, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Like yeah. she, this kind of, I She's think Harley Quinn got her halfway party. there and this puts her yeah. over the top into like superstar to me. Totally. And I mean, great casting. I mean, who else could embody Barbie better than her? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny, you know, this movie may tell, like I said, may tell signing off on this movie, getting these, getting this indie director, Greta Gerwig, who's mostly known for, uh, you know, these small indie movies and being like, yeah, we're going to put you in charge of our Barbie movie. And we're allowing you the creative freedom to be critical of Barbie and of Maytel as a company. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, yeah, it's a bold move. I think, you know, in the in 
the consumerist, you know, landscape that we live in, like a company being like, yeah, you know, something we make, we're not going to, it's not going to be a hundred percent positive, um, you know, critically of us. Like it's going to reflect on things that might be uncomfortable for the the company to reflect on. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like family guy in the Simpsons making fun of Fox, you know, at a certain point, like the parent company is just got to like, you can, you can take some digs here and there, like, yeah. you know, have thicker skin. And so they let her have the freedom. One of the jokes is I don't think they read the script because there's some pretty hard, you know, digs against Mattel and, and the bar right. brand in this movie, but uh, good of them to give her uh, the freedom. Yeah. And I think if you've seen some of her other work, her kind of creative voice does really come through in this in a way that surprised me. Cause a lot of times, you know, like when MCU, when you get like, like Chloe Zhao, you mm-hmm. get her to come in and who just won an Oscar and she's going to make the Eternals. Yep. And, but it's still, you know, they're still trying to m- take these filmmakers and like fit them into the box of the MCU. Right. And a yep. lot of filmmakers kind of reject that like Edgar Wright, who was going to do yep. Ant-Man. Then he's like, I can't creatively, we just didn't get along. So allowing, not only hiring someone kind of outside the box to make this, but then giving them the, the creative freedom, I think is just really, you know, a really bold move by Maytel, but I think it paid off. Yeah. And I think maybe they're starting to get, get it a little bit that like you let an artist do it, do their thing and it can have good results. I mean, Nolan's like that too. And Hopefully, even Tom yeah. Cruise and his team, it's like, I mean, that movie didn't do great box office, unfortunately, but it's, I don't know. Well, that was the big casualty of the Barbenheimer weekend was that Mission Impossible had a big fall off. And I think you fall can blame out, Paramount. I could say. That's right. <laughs> I would blame Paramount for picking that release date the weekend before Barbenheimer. And then it lost yeah. most of it, most of its IMAX screens to Oppenheimer, the mm-hmm. other big, you know, the other movie that people want to see in IMAX recently. So just a weird decision for them to release it then. Yeah, I reckon it's dead. Dead Reckoning, but uh, Part yeah, one. bad decision, uh, but yeah, you know, we, we like that movie. So, unfortunately, that's the big casualty of this weekend, but um, hopefully, you know, it does all right. Um, yeah, but, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, do we want to kind of jump into it here? We also have, you know, Ryan Gosling is stereotypical Ken. I think he's crushing right. it. Um, America Ferrero is in this, does a great job, and then Will Ferrell bit part. I don't have much to say there, but overall, the cast Bunch is of really different. Yeah, a bunch of different Kens and Barbies. Um, Simi Liu Ken, we have... Yeah, it's confusing yeah. to talk about. Oh, so, Ken is saying to Ken, and then Ken <laughs> comes over, and then Barbie says to Barbie. Right. We'll it's funny, one of the Kens is... So, I've been watching Marvel's Secret Invasion, mm-hmm. uh, which I may be the only person in the world that watched that. Um, There's at least three YouTubers <laughs> that are yeah. recapping it. But I did watch it, and uh, the villain in that is... Mm-hmm. Uh, the villain in Secret Invasion is one of the Kens in this. Oh, no kidding. So, seeing him like acting goofy and stuff, I was like, totally different from how he acts in Secret Invasion. So, I thought that was just kind of funny. That is funny. And then uh, one of the just... other Kens is going to be the new Doctor Who as well. So, Oh, really? I would say which well. Ken, but it's like, <laughs> I don't know. Ken number four. Ken number four. And then yeah, one of the uh... other Kens is Scott Evans, which is Chris Evans' brother. So, oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. They missed and then on the Barbie side. Oh, I was just yeah. saying they should have put Ken Watanabe just for like a bit cameo. Right. It's Ken too. Anyway. Um, um, but on Barbie the Barbie side, side you have uh, you have Issa Rae as, as the president Barbie. You have mm-hmm. a bunch of different Barbies. Dua Lipa was the mermaid oh, Barbie. Don't think I didn't notice that. Yep. <laughs> John Cena as um, mermaid Ken. 
That's right. Very <laughs> funny. Yeah, Kate McKinnon as Weird Barbie. Mm-hmm. Um, just a bunch of different, a lot of different small kind of cameos. And then, of course, Michael Sarah as Alan. That's right. Everybody's favorite Barbie character, Alan. Ken's buddy, Alan. Um, <laughs> He's close yeah, on me. Yes. <laughs> We're going to have uh, full spoilers of the Barbie movie, by the way, kind of going forward here. We're going to get into it. Yes. But, um, yeah, I mean, just just first of all, like the cast, just the, the dressing, like literally the set dressing, the costuming, especially in like Barbie land and stuff. It is incredible. Like you yeah. forget, like, I, you know, it's a soundstage and it kind of harkens back to like old Hollywood musicals or like Golden Age totally. stuff, which I like. Yeah. But man, the set design in Barbie land is just phenomenal. It's great. And it's all, it's a lot of physical, mm-hmm. um, practical effects, you know, like using backdrops and stuff like that, which is very reminiscent of like the Technicolor kind of uh, musicals of like the 50s and 60s, yep. which I do think Greta Gerwig talked about as, as a big influence for this movie. Um, and everything is just like very bright, you know, pastel colors. And mm-hmm. I, yeah, the way Barbie Land is like everything's plastic. I love the way that like the opening montage of her, like, taking a shower but there's no water coming out and all and all that stuff like very yeah, yeah. very funny absolutely she floats down because a kid would place the doll on the ground it wouldn't walk it down the stairs like it almost right. feels like that that uh vibe and just the attention to detail there is great um the plastic water she walks across the swimming pool because it's just plastic yeah you know, it's everything like how like a kid would play with her, right? Yeah. And the outfits are all, I mean, I, I'm not an expert again, maybe not the target audience for this, though. I did love this movie. I think all the outfits are, you know, referencing historical Barbies or Ken looks yes. and stuff like that. So, um, I believe so. And they even, they talk about a lot of um, discontinued, like there's Midge, the pregnant that's Barbie right. or whatever, that's been discontinued. And like, these are all real Skipper. products that Maytel had. And uh, like Sugar Daddy Ken, Magic Earring Ken. <laughs> Earring Ken, yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's a very famous one. Correct. Um, um, so, yeah, there's a lot of references to, and I'm sure if you're a huge Barbie fan or, or collector or something like, like that, there's probably a lot of stuff that we couldn't even pick up on as normies that they probably were like going crazy for. Someone knows where that dog is from. Absolutely. It seems like there's a ton of Easter eggs. Yeah, uh, the dog that poops. Little plastic pellets. I think they had to recall that because kids were eating the pellets or something there's a story with the dog existing but i guess that's why it's at weird barbie's house but yeah the the set design attention to detail it's like it's really good not to say another i mean i thank god that uh la la land walked so that we could have ryan gosling as ken in this like like it gives me la la land vibes that level of attention to detail and it's almost like a musical at times and totally uh, just looks great has a musical number in this movie right yeah yeah, um and ryan gosling is an actor i like a lot and he's definitely mm-hmm. playing a different role than his normal, like if you think about Drive and Blade Runner, like he mm-hmm. a lot of times plays these very stoic, masculine characters. And here yeah. he's totally playing against type, but in a way that really works. Right, right. I mean, do we then take, you know, I'm going to talk about what is the movie about, really? Like, you know, what is it about? Yeah. Because it's doing a lot uh, with issues of... Uh, gender roles or you know absolutely society the patriarchy all the this patriarchy. stuff power there's a lot of happening yes. here a lot more dense than i thought a barbie movie would be and i'm grateful that it was because i think it's pretty poignant in a lot of ways yeah it's really going into some um feminist kind of ideas right uh where we're seeing so it opens in barbie land which is this sort of alternate reality from real world where instead of a patriarchy they have 
a matriarchy where yeah, the Barbies are all in positions of power and the Kens are all in the more submissive role. Um, so it's almost just, like the real world is flipped, right? Yeah. And it's kind of set up to, like we were saying, with people playing. Like if this was young girls playing with their dolls, it would be like, oh, yes, I'm President Barbie, right? We have, we run all this stuff because you're a kid and the world, the, the bleakness of the world hasn't hit you yet. So it's kind of the perfect land for Barbies where... You know, we just have cute boys hanging around. We do all the decision making. Like it, it's kind of creating this framework that, like, maybe how a child would see things, right? From that yeah. perspective, too. Because Barbie, in a way, is... is growing up in this movie too. She has to encounter mm. the real world for the first time, and it adjusts kind of the way um, she thought things would work. I guess you know the, the way yeah. society structured. But it's interesting, kind of, because it is mirroring r- the real world. Yes, um, and. You know, the Kens, you know, Ryan Gosling Ken kind of has his own existential crisis within the film of what it means to be Ken without Barbie, because his whole reason as, for existing as a Ken is it's Barbie and Ken, right? So who is um, he without Barbie, right? Yes. That's different. Uh, and, you know, if you think about the way, you know, when Kens were invented, like Barbie obviously came before Ken, right? So they mm-hmm. needed a male counterpart of Barbie. So it's Ken, but Ken without Barbie, there wouldn't be a, a Ken line of action of, of, of dolls, right? Yeah. He's not marketed to boys, boys would not want to play so with to speak. Ken. And, yeah. And we're going to speaking broadly in terms of boys, girls, toys, cause that's how they were marketed. But yes. you know, obviously everything's gray and, and, and all that, but this is how the, this, this kind of gendering of toys and separation was like a, a huge part of generations of toy marketing, pink and blue, right? Yeah. And um, I think this movie does a good job of like looking at that critically and being mm-hmm. like, well, you know, so it's like, well, Barbie, obviously, in some ways, Barbie was a step forward for feminism of being like, you know, girls can be whatever they want. Like, you can grow mm-hmm. up, you can be an astronaut, you can be the president, you can do whatever you want, just like a like a man could. Um, mm-hmm. So there are good things about Barbie, but then you're also, it's still limiting in that, like, this is a very, you know, heteronormative kind of thing where... You know, Barbie has a certain body type and a certain yeah. conventionally attractive appearance and that kind of thing where it's like, you know, she's still, you know, Bart, like even the, you know, she's always walking in high heels and stuff. So it's like, that's a big part of this movie too, right? So it's like, yeah, we have this kind of advancement of anything's possible, but then also this negative side of like unrealistic body beauty standards, things like that. And again, uh, not an authority on women's issues. I like this movie. I like no. to think I'm an ally, but it is tackling yeah. these issues of like the doll can be inspiring, but also disempowering because it's like, I'm never going to be as pretty as a perfect yeah. Barbie, right? That kind of thing. So I think that's the main thing is that it's looking at the positives and the negatives mm-hmm. of Barbie as a cultural icon. And even for like the eighties and nineties, it was progressive to see Barbie doing anything like doing any kind of job. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, things have progressed a lot since like even the nineties in terms of like gender norms and that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I, I just think this movie does a good job of really addressing all of that and looking at it in a critical light. Yeah. And, and so, you know, obviously the internet exists. And so as a man, right, how, how attacked do you feel by this film? Cause according to the internet, <laughs> well, it's so yes. anti-man. Oh my God. It's so and frustrating. Very, uh, very expected response from a certain corner of the internet you know the loud the people that will say (laughs) anything that's not centering you know a straight white male perspective is seen as woke or yeah man hating or whatever yeah um but i think they're missing the most basic point of this movie that what they're what you see in barbie land in the beginning 
how that society is set up is just as bad as how the patriarchy is set up. Like it's, it's right. a matriarchy. <clears throat> like the Kens are still unequal in that society. And this movie's not saying that's good, obviously, because the no. end of the, like the, by the end of the movie, they realize that that's not good, but it's like these people just watch the first 10 minutes of this movie and then turn it off and like, Oh, I, I get what they're going for or whatever. It's I know like, they're no. probably bl- like purposely missing the point, right? Like yeah, the Ben Shapiro's of the world and stuff like, they, they they're paid to not understand the point so. right right i mean it takes quite a fragile ego to be threatened by a movie about a toy one you know what i mean so it's yeah. like and it is tackling these issues in a you know constructive way like i'm all for it and like neither society is better like it's showing that their inequality is bad on both sides of the right. line and we need to work maybe together to make it better right and and i think that's all great but it also helps kind of holds a mirror up to you know, typically like men, right? Where it's like, oh, well, when they're in this society, they're just kind of the eye candy and not taken seriously. And so, yeah. if someone feels the way like the Kens... offended by that, you're not you're not understanding yeah. the metaphor. Yeah. The way the Kens are treated in the beginning of this movie are the way that women have been traditionally treated in our patriarchal Western society. society. Correct. Yeah. Generally. Yeah. Um, but, you know, these people, they're not, they're financially motivated to not understand the nuance, right? They're just going to say it's man-hating feminist propaganda and they're going to, you know, get their clickbait thumbnails and they're going to get, you know, millions yep. of views. So that's, so, fuck them. That's what that is. But yeah. I love that the movie is actually like taking a look at this stuff at both sides. It's like not, not, you know, it's not just the patriarchy is shit and all men are shit. It's like the systems are shit one. Yeah. And we need to work together to take care of like the shitty systems exactly whichever yeah, side it's a really doing. it's a nuanced like it's a nuanced movie like it's not yeah it's it's interesting yeah and like so barbie like the what what they're taught in barbie land is that barbie's saved the world from the patriarchy like now mm-hmm. the real world everything is great there's no problems men and women have total equality um this is what they believe in barbie land mm-hmm. um and it's because of barbie came along and said you know women can do anything and because of that all the world problems are solved and of course when barbie goes to the real world she realizes that's not quite true right correct so she begins having an existential crisis she's having a perfect day every day they're dancing they're loving it and then she has the line hey guys everything about dying and you know (laughs) uh because it's a funny movie too we're talking about all of like the points that it's making but it is genuinely funny too i I think i found the humor works well in this movie too yeah they're Um, having a big dance sequence and then yeah she's like do you guys ever think about dying the music stops. Everyone's like, "What?" She's like, "Um, dying to mind. dance some more, or something." Yeah, yeah, she turns it around. But I, so, so she somehow... starts thinking these these unBarbie like thoughts of you know existential dread, real thoughts that people have, and mm-hmm. maybe the world isn't just perfect, right? Yeah, and it seems to relate to you know we find out through Weird Barbie there's maybe someone in the real world that's playing with her that's having some issues, and it's transferring to her doll likeness so yes her feet go flat like we see she starts to become more human as it were you know um yes and she has to begin um, a quest to figure it out but yeah yeah so she talks to weird barbie kate mckinnon which is the barbie that you know we all knew when we were younger that got her hair cut and got drawn on and got messed up and now she's the weird barbie right yeah like cynthia I thought that was a funny rats <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. and i think she's funny um, in this too um as weird barbie yeah very funny 
um yeah the whole opening i think is just really well done of like setting up barbie land um ryan gosling ken is like very funny like i think he's a standout for sure in this movie Mm -hmm. um and yeah just seeing the dynamics of the barbies and the kens and uh and then we go, she's got to go to the real world, got to go on kind of a quest to figure out what's going on and find yep. the human that's playing with her in, in the real world and see why they may, may be having these, try these to, sad thoughts, right? And hopefully try to help her out. Right, right, right. Because um, if the rest of the world is perfect, we just got to find one girl and cheer her up, essentially, is what Barbie's thinking. We fixed the real world. Yes. It just says, find one person, come home, no problem. And I'm bad like the Barbie. I'm a dog, but I still want to party. Pink felt like I'm ready to bend. I'm a 10, so I pull in a can. Like Jazzy, Stacy, Nikki. All of the Barbies is pretty. All of the Barbies is bad. It girls. And we ain't playing tag. By the way, we begin our isekai. Uh, yeah, journeys to the real She's world. crossing the threshold into the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this weird away. Barbie scene, I wanted to mention here. Did yeah. you know this movie is banned in Vietnam? I didn't do you know, know why. That. Do you know why it's banned in Vietnam? Can you guess? I may think... not be. You may not know. I don't know. Yeah. What I know is there's some hubbub about a map um, yes. showing territories belonging to where there's, so, uh, let's say, a disagreement. That's exactly right. So this this movie has a map that shows the nine dash line, which is a line in the that is drawn in the South China Sea. That is a mm-hmm. line that it's China saying these this belongs to us, and then other right. countries like Vietnam disagreeing with these like you know certain islands in the in, yeah you know area in the south china sea so this yep. movie has the nine dash line so it got banned in vietnam because of that wow. um i just thought that was interesting yeah fascinating well they could you know you could fix that in post but uh, you think yeah you could just blur it right but yeah uncharted the movie uncharted was also banned in vietnam for the same reason wild because it's only on but the screen i think they'd rather like... pander to china because they make more money in china than they're going to make in vietnam so we do the dash i see and it's a heavily yeah. disputed water fishing rights you know resources i mean there's a there's a lot of stuff over there so yeah if you ask china they say it's it. there if you ask vietnam they say it's there so big enough deal to not let it I'm be not released, a, so yeah i'm not an expert on i'm not geopolitical Asian. Politics, Barbie. Yeah. Okay. That's not right. my job. My job is beach. Barbie. <laughs> no, my job beach. is podcast. It's just it's podcast. not lifeguard. That's a misconception. It's just beach. Beach. Yeah. Ryan Gosling's yeah. job is just beach. Plastic waves. Want a beach Very off? Funny. We're gonna have a beach off. We're gonna beach each other off. You can't even beach yourself <laughs> off. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> and, and that yeah, scene is so stuff. stupid. It shouldn't work, but it's funny. Like it, like the lines that are written are really silly, but like it works. The charisma. It's yeah. so kind of bizarre that it, you know, it just it's, it all works. So, yeah, um, we have to but, go to the journey. Yes. So Barbie's going to cross over into the real world. Of course, Ken, who is nothing without her, decides to stow away and uh, pop up in the car, and then he's going with her. Right. Yeah, I kind of surprised there. Can I sit in the front? No, but you know, he, <laughs> she agrees to let him come along on the journey. Um, yes. And then, you know, it's a, it's this funny sequence of like a car and then a jet ski and then a tandem bike and a rocket ship. You know, there's all these steps they got to do. So there's these funny, you know, little vignettes of like Ken hanging yeah. off the back of a rocket again, ship. Again, seeing like the that. practical effects of I saw some behind the scenes, like when they're shooting the car, they're using a real backdrop that's like physically moving instead of it could have easily been done in green screen. But just the the realness of it, it's the the authentic artificiality of like having sound stages and that kind of thing like like a musical would and uh no what great yeah, use of great. it too 
yeah. car always lands on its wheels because that's how like a kid would put it down when it like flips it. Right. Um, yeah, all the attention to detail because they are short too, these vignettes of like riding the bike and the boat, you know, and they're all kind of shot just flat. But there's a lot of work mm-hmm. going into each one of those setups, you know, like practical work. So, uh, absolutely. The journey stuff is all good. But we get to the real world and uh-oh, everything's backwards. Um, yeah, it's not quite what Barbie thought it would be. What either of them thought it would be, to be fair. No. You know, and that this is an interesting point because uh, they both experience, let's say, Venice Beach or for this intro. They have two yes. very different experiences and the movie is actively trying to make a commentary of, the experience just existing in the world as a man versus a woman in like modern society. Yes. Like basically, yeah, Barbie is immediately getting like cat called and, and things like that because she's, she's rollerblading on, on, you know, the beach wearing some, you know, some kind of leotard kind of thing, but like 80, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then of course, Ken is like discovering this thing called the patriarchy. And he's like, wait, this is great. Like men, ruling everything like this this rules like yeah <laughs> he gets really excited about uh the patriarch he's like wow people are respecting me like people are nodding like they're acknowledgeing its existence because in the barbie world yeah. like the kens are an afterthought so you, you know you pass somebody on the street you kind of nod at him ken's like what this, this people are paying attention yeah. to me but then barbie you know they have the line you know ken's like I, there's like no violence in my interactions whatsoever <laughs> and she's like mine are very heavily feeling violent or yeah she goes up to a construction site they're all well, I'll find the women. I'll go to the construction site because that's where all <laughs> yeah. the women are going to be. Yeah, some some good. She's like, there. I don't know what any of these quips mean, but we don't have genitals. Uh, blah blah blah, because we're Barbies and Kens, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just flat there. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> getting catcalled, and yeah, yeah, so she's now experiencing this. Like, whoa, this real world is not at all what Barbie Land was like. Um, so they're kind of. Yeah, that's yeah. a commentary, right? Because <laughs> um, again, like what they bo- believed in Barbie Land is that. Barbie's basically solved the inequality of genders in the world and everything's mm-hmm. great now. But as we see, that's not quite true. And then we see, um, well, she, she finds out who the, the kid is, right? And it's America mm-hmm. Ferreira's daughter. So America Ferreira is a person working at Maytel, the company. She's like a secretary um, or something at the executive office. Like she sits outside of the executive boardroom, essentially. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So she works at Mattel, um, and then it's her daughter's Barbie. You're saying, yeah. So she goes up to this this child at school, but then as it turns out, this child actually doesn't play with with. I think was it that so the, the, the kid child doesn't, doesn't play, play with, with Barbie, and this it was actually the mom it, that was playing with the Barbies because they used to play with Barbies when the daughter was younger, right? And right. The adults feeling reminiscent, but the, so this kid's kind of like an emo kid. She's wears all black, and she's like very mean and she's like putting down barbie right yeah she's and like i do like she, she barbie wants to go talk to her barbie's dressed up they get new clothes they get arrested a couple times there's some fun bits but she's wearing this yeah. like pink cowboy outfit like tassel yes. vest with a pink hat it's like you know extremely over the top barbie and then you have this like goth emo like <laughs> modern yeah. zoomer that's like not here for it all and she basically tells barbie off like you like created more problems than you fix like what do you mean because Barbara's right. expecting everyone to be thanking her, essentially. So, when this kid is, like, pretty harsh with her, but, you know, it's it's yeah. for a joke. But highlighting exactly. the problems that Barbie has caused, at least for, like, body image issues and unrealistic beauty standards. And, you know, she's listing a bunch of things that, you know, we're being critical of both sides of the issues here. Um, yes. Meanwhile, so, Ken is 
Ken goes to the library. He's looking up books about trucks and mail stuff. And he's like, and horses. This is great. Horses. I love horses. He loves Century yeah. City, which is just like a bunch of executive offices in LA. It's like, yeah. It's, you know, but he thinks it's a great. Well, it's very place funny. I like the scene when he's like, goes up. He's like, uh, can I have a job here? And they're like, well, generally you, you have to have like a, a degree. You have to, you, you know, have to have all these different things. He's like, well, but I'm like a man. So can you just give me the job? And they're like, yeah. well, it's kind of the opposite now actually. But you know, secretly, you know, men still run things. We're just better at hiding it now. That one guy does that. Yeah. He's at yeah. the hospital. He's like, can I talk to a doctor? And he's speaking to that woman. She's like, I am a doctor. And he's like, oh no, there's one. And he just finds another random guy and walks past. Yeah. It's like, it's, there's some good bits here. Cause he's, but even he can't get a job without like, a degree and stuff so he's kind of like oh, yeah man. but it is commenting on kind of like strides that we've made in in yes. reality of like trying to you know have more diversity within different jobs you know obviously there's yeah. the, the gender wage gap and that kind of thing that that just in recent you know the past 10 years 20 years you know we've tried to make strides to have a more equal society but still you know things aren't perfect yet right yeah and because like you said ken makes that joke you guys aren't doing patriarchy very good and he's like and then he's like oh low-key we are because like there are people that still despite you know laws and regulations like may organizations maybe still run in a way that are like low-key hostile you know towards yeah and there's a lot of just structural inequalities that it's not even it doesn't even come down to an individual thing where it's like people purposely being uh, sexist or racist or any kind of mm-hmm. discriminatory against any other group. Um, it's there are still structural problems within society, right? Where you know, and it's not just gender, but like race and, and other things too. Where um, it's I kind of unconscious biases that we have too. So yeah, definitely I mean, things that always can be improved on. Yeah, but I enjoy this movie, uh, Barbie movie. You know, you think <laughs> stereotypical Barbie. You think just like airhead blonde, whatever. You know, Valley Girl Barbie. Like you don't imagine that the movie will be this you might have known because you're more familiar with the creator's work but outside looking in i'm like it's just gonna be like a goofy comedy but i really appreciate it taking the time to be like no let's look at society and things that we can work on to improve while also being pretty funny and i think i give it a lot of credit for it i was really impressed and and like that i mean i had a suspicion when they when i heard that greta gerwig was signing on a direct i was like okay this isn't going to be just like a it's going to be something different than what, what people are expecting. Like it's not going to just be a straight up Barbie movie. Like it's going to have mm-hmm. some kind of, it's going to have something to say about society. I like that. She does both sides too. It's Barbie and Ken's perspective. So yeah. every part of the audience more, you know, generally can take something away from it. Like, cause as a, a guy, right. Like seeing Ken's arc, like I took some stuff away yeah. from that, you know, and I feel like I can, and I learned something that I can apply totally. to be a better person. I think at least marginally. Right. And that's, um, what's kind of insane about these people saying like, Oh, this movie is just man hating. Like this movie hates yeah. men. It's like this movie, it's a Barbie movie. And still a big part of it is about Ken's arc. Like Ken is like a, yeah. ma- like has like a major part of this movie um so it's not just focused on barbie it's it's for everybody and i think the ken arc in this movie is really interesting and good and what's funny the most ironic part of it i guess is the people saying that like ken is coming from a place of kind of having a fragile ego and not knowing how to like you know and then their response to me reeks of having a fragile ego so maybe yeah. you could take notes you know and rewatch this movie <laughs> but they're not listening to us today anyway which thank god no. Well, they just come to their own conclusions about it without really trying to think yeah. critically and act like 
trying to meet the movie on its own terms and not just have the most bad faith interpretation of everything. Like that would be too easy, right? Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. <laughs> so we, uh, so Ken's loving it. He's learning about horses and the, and the patriarchy. He's like, whoa, okay. And then Barbie, so is Barbie meeting uh, America Ferreira at this point? She gets picked up by Mattel well, outside the school. That's right. Mattel finds out that she's escaped. Will Ferrell's yeah, so like, we, we got to catch her. Will Ferrell as the CEO of yes. Mattel. We find out maybe this happened before where a different Barbie Skipper. character, Skipper, broke out of the Barbie land. <laughs> into Long Island or something. Into yeah. real world. So this movie doesn't really explain like what Barbie land is. Just that it there's a different land that exists called Barbie land. You can open a portal to the real world, but every, every Barbie in Barbie land is being played with by a kid. So you start to feel the emotions of whatever kid is playing with you, basically. Right, right. And it's somehow um, yeah, the traveling yeah, to get you there. You can cross difficult. over into the, yeah, you have to take a bunch of different modes of transportation, but then you get to the real world. Um, so, so yeah, this movie just kind of plays that straight of like, just don't think about it too much. You're like, it's not important. Like, it's just, you know, it's a Barbie movie. Yeah, um, yeah. But so, yeah, we have Will Ferrell, the CEO of Mattel, and we see, well, it's let's funny say when too, he's meeting with his executives, like all, all male yes. executives, right, of Mattel. Oh, um, they're the, the Barbie division. So, they're built, the yeah. room is like a heart-shaped room, you know, with like pink, but then it's just like 20 dudes in suits and will ferrell and they're all discussing yeah. the barbie brand and stuff and it's just and i do like when oh, it's uh, so good when he's talking to barbie and he's like well we did have like a woman ceo in the 90s then we had one other one and like at a different point in time so that's, so that's like two, two right, right there, there. <laughs> yeah and the way that companies will kind of justify no look at us you know we're like so inclusive and you know equal yeah. right we've had two female ceos and, and this and that right and very very well done and mattel definitely didn't read the script because well, that's, that's what's, funny. yeah, because it's getting into sort of the capitalist consumerist angle of it of like, yeah, these Barbies show that you can do anything and that leads to money for us. That's good. Right. Yeah. And so it's still, it's still, it's still reckoning with the fact that it is a consumer product. And so any kind of progressive ideas or anything like it's all, it's all just about what's going to make the most money for the company. Right. At the yeah. end of the day. Which is another good commentary they're doing because Will Ferrell views himself in some skewed way as like an ally yeah. <laughs> like for running the Barbie brand. But it's like he still wants to put her in a box, which is like right. a direct metaphor. Like, I'm helping you just stay yeah. where I where you belong, so to speak. And it's like it's really good stuff to show how a corporation can kind of twist itself into and thinking it has a moral high ground when it really just wants yeah. money. And it's, it, it reminds me of like this whole like corporate inclusivity of like or like like when it's like mm -hmm. when it's lgbt month and every company changes their logo to like a rainbow logo and it's like Wayland, Utah, oh we're paying yeah. lip service to to yeah this idea. corporate activism yeah but at the end of the day it's still again just another way to make more profits and yeah. in the real yeah like in real life yeah barbie did a lot of good things for for little girls teaching them that they can do anything they don't have to just be a, a housewife or a mother right. like and you can be a mother and if that's what you want to do that's okay too but yep. if you don't that's okay and that's good um but at the end of the day like there, at some point in the 90s that became a profitable message to to, to have so really mm -hmm. at the end of the day it again comes down to capitalism and that kind of thing so a lot of layers there i guess yeah there's a lot of layers with i think 
our society too. And so this movie is trying to look at it a lot, you know, as many of them as it can, you know, justifying the plot and everything. But yeah, we're looking at, you know, corporate, we're looking at gender, we're looking at, you know, oppression, you know, self or otherwise, you know, like there's a lot of, a lot of interesting stuff happening. Um, Totally. Yeah. I really want to just rewatch this movie just to get everything that I may have missed the first time. Um, but yeah, so they're trying to put her in the box. And she almost she volunteers want to, go to get box. in the box. This is a really good yeah. scene with the twist ties. Yeah. Like there's a tension that's palpable. And then she mm-hmm. last minute dips out. She's like, no, I don't, I don't want to go in there. She Wait, runs away. Where's the bathroom? That's, that's <laughs> yeah. one of my favorite jokes. She just sprints out. And then Will Ferrell's like, she must have really had to go to the bathroom, <laughs> which is like clearly escaping. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so we get a chase like scene in Mattel. Too. So yeah. yeah, she's running away. They're chasing her. I like the scene. She... She meets Ruth Handler, the creator of Barbie, played by Correct. Rhea Perlman. Um, and uh, what happens then? We get she a good a, speech. Well, you know, yeah. she learns more about the nature of Barbie because she's like, oh, you invented me. He's like, yeah, what? I'm, I don't look like a Barbie. You know, I'm creating a fantasy. You know, right. I did name you after my real daughter, Barbara. That's why you're Barbie. And, and that's so- the... Yeah, that's the true kind of origin story of Barbie is that I think this woman, Ruth Handler, looked at her her daughter, Barbara, who mm-hmm. was playing with these baby dolls, like the beginning of the movie. Um, and then she realized, like, girls don't really have – like, they only have baby dolls, which is essentially training you to be a mother. Mm-hmm. And, you know, prior to – you know, 1980, 1970 or whatever, mm-hmm. that was expected that pretty much all women would grow up – marry a man who would go work during the day the one would stay home raise the children it's like the leave it to beaver thing like yeah yeah nuclear family housewife yeah nuclear family literally yeah 1959 is the first barbie so we really are coming out of that Mm. 40s 50s baby boomer yeah so think about you know 59 at that time to have a doll that wasn't a baby that was like a, a woman saying like oh i can work i can do this job i can do that job just like a man could like that would have been huge at that time right i think it's 1959 it's like dang it took that long to just not have a, a baby doll mass marketed yeah and so what we're seeing here with these two scenes is we have will ferrell ceo all dude party running the brand and then they yeah. satirize and criticize and then we go back to the root the creator of barbie where it was like an altruistic like it was an honest thing she's like i want to create a line of dolls that are inspiring because I want my daughter to grow up to be inspired. So it's, it's again, showing both sides of this coin here uh, that is Barbie. And I think it's yeah. really smart the way they did that. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of saying that it was made with good intentions and it did good things, but also it also has things that aren't so good about it. And that kind it's, of has to reckon with that. And sometimes it's unintentional, but doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Right. And so it's yeah. really good at that. So uh, Barbie kind of learns. So, a little lesson there, you know, yeah. about where she comes from. But so she runs away from the Maytel building. And I think, so this is where America Ferreira picks her up. And is like, get in the car with her daughter. And they're like, okay, you're a real Barbie, blah, blah, blah. Um, mm-hmm. So eventually they're like, all right, I'm going to take you back to Barbie land to like show you what Barbie land is. Right. And at this end, um, yeah. by this time also uh, Ken, so they get split up at a certain point. Ken goes back to Barbie land. So we don't know what's happening. Right. But then right. Barbie's taking 
this mother and daughter to Barbie land. But to show her how great up, it is, all that, you know, yeah. this is going to help you and your daughter bond because she has her daughter who doesn't like the Barbie. So we're trying to get the daughter and the mother to kind of bond a little bit. I think that's sort of Barbie's yeah. angle too. Let me take you to Barbie land. It's great. You'll love it. You know, we'll and we friends. find out that it's actually the mother that's been having these like making these drawings of like existential dread Barbie and or <laughs> yes. whatever, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, she draws them because presumably she wants to be a designer of Barbie doll. That's why she works. Yeah, at Mattel it seems like she, yeah, she works at Mattel. She has a lot of ideas for Barbie, but like Will Ferrell and the other men are like putting her down. Like these these ideas aren't good. Like you're just like my secretary or whatever, right? Right, right, right. And then her daughter's not getting along with her because she's a teen now and a little grumpy as teens can be. So she's having this kind of you know, what if my career doesn't work out? What about my daughter? And this is the stuff that's kind of imparting yeah, Barbie. And the, teen, and the daughter's also like, you know, I haven't played with Barbie for years. That's like. You know, I'm I'm too cool for Barbie now. Blah blah blah. Like I'm getting older. Like, um. So yeah, the mother and daughter to too. Like the and young kid that is... thinks Barbie's stupid. All right, now yes. we have a new character. So, um, Ken did go back. He sat in the back seat still every time. Like he's still in where he would oh, be yeah. Barbie was in the car. He's in the back of the car. So that's, that's amazing. Funny. But he took his so... books about horses and patriarchy to Barbie Land. Did he not? Yes. So he goes back to Barbie Land and. When Barbie shows up, she thinks she sees that th- everything's different now and it's very weird and she doesn't know why, right? But it's now the men, the Kens, the it's men the Kendom. Kens. <laughs> yes, it's the Kendom. Kens are now the, the Barbies are now subservient to the Kens. It's patriarchy in Barbie land. She even goes to her house, which is the Barbie dreamland. And Ken's but like, now- no, this is my house now. It's the Mojo. Dojo Casa, Casa House. House. The Mojo Dojo Casa House, which I love. Which, Yeah, and the team points out like, oh, you don't have to say Dojo and Casa and House. Those all mean house. It's like, it sounds cool though. Um, so, this yeah. is where we get kind of evil Ken. He's got a headband, a fanny pack, a faux mink. He's all I love dude. It. He's got it's the, so yeah. funny. Um, <laughs> and just to see this Kendom where like President Barbie and people are walking around going, do you want a beer ski or something? What do they call it? Like it's a brewski beer ski or something? Brewski beer, yeah. <laughs> yeah, brewski beer. It's like a frat party. It's so stereotypical. Everyone's got brewski beers. You know, it's it's ridiculous. anywhere else I'd be Is it my destiny to live life The generals have been reversed. The women are all now serving the men and being like, this is so much better than being president. Now I can just be your maid. Like, I don't have so to much think better. about, make decisions. Right. right. Yeah. They're cheerleading um, volleyball, which the Kens were cheerleading before. Uh, right. Earlier in the film. So Barbie's so like, this is not right. Everything is wrong. This is, I don't like this. Um, but all the Barbies have kind of been brainwashed and all the Kens, except for one character Alan, right? Yeah, that's Alan, right. Played by Michael Sarah is like this is I don't like this either. Now, this Alan character is interesting. I'm not sure what specifically he's supposed to represent, but he's definitely like a non-traditionally masculine character. Right? Yeah. I'm at least gathering from his motivations, you know, that the he doesn't fit into the stereotypical like dude bro gender role that like this Ken fraternity is kind of becoming you know and so yeah he doesn't he doesn't have a place really in either world he's kind of in between you know what i mean right he's not a ken you that could gets say attention from barbie and he's not a cool barbie that gets attentions from ken so he's just kind of in the middle right right you could say this character is gay coded or trans coded or right non-binary coded 
Yeah. yeah. Um, but so but he's just right in the yeah. middle wanting to help out, help the Barbies. Cause he's like, no, oh, this is fucked up. So he's at the very least an ally, you know, he's like mm-hmm. this, this, what is happening here is not okay. And there's only one yeah. other person who's not brainwashed. And I believe that's weird Barbie, correct? Right. Weird Barbie. So we have so, to hatch a plan to de brainwash the, the Barbies. Yeah. The de- the discontinued Barbies all are hanging out with weird Barbie and they're like, we don't Binge, like this. Yeah. So they all kind of team up. Like, we're going to have to come up with a plan to de-brainwash everyone, turn things back to the way they were. Um, And so, yeah, they hatch this whole plan. One by one, you kind of sneak in a plant and get them in in the ambulance or something. And And there's a uh, lot of little bits that I really liked in this, like little just one-off lines and jokes and stuff that really were funny where... um, like where Ken is like, oh, let me play guitar at you for a bit. <laughs> oh, know, man. Stuff like that. And when he goes to the yeah. beach and then it zooms out and then every Ken <laughs> is playing the guitar yeah. at their Barbies. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, can we watch Godfather and you can explain everything to me? You can talk the whole time. That'd be <laughs> That's great. right. That's how they you, they try to just do the basic bait yeah. for a man. Right. Basically, so we've yeah, never have, seen the Godfather. <laughs> they to distract to distract the Kens and lure the Barbies away so they can de-brainwash them they basically invite the kens to mansplain to them some topic that they're interested in and this is just sort of a lampooning of of the you know the gender roles mansplaining and that kind of thing which is a thing that can happen where men sometimes will assume that a woman doesn't know something and think that it's their job to explain that thing right especially without even asking hey you know about the god they'll almost just go straight into explaining before inquiring hey what's your relevant expertise it's like it's, right yeah it's like a really weird like duty <laughs> that they yeah. feel like they have so, it's yeah. something that like i consciously try not to do as a as a man you know like yeah. i try to be conscious of it of course you know no one's perfect but i you know I, try, I just you know, know a I lot of really best. dumb facts, but I do want yeah. at least try to gauge somebody's experience with something before I go into like a detailing uh, unasked, yeah. you know what I, I think mean? the big thing is not assuming that like a woman that you're talking to is like an idiot right. that doesn't know anything about that topic, right? And thankfully, I think that we do not have that mindset. But yeah, that's kind of what yeah. this is lampooning, you know, oh, I've never seen The Godfather. Just, yeah, explain it all to me. That stuff is very funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which again, that's a very um, man man movie, The Godfather, right? Like it's pretty right, right. <laughs> it's like bad and scary. Or yeah, like let me play guitar at you while mm. I just stare into your eyes. Not for you. I want to play it yeah. in your direction at so you. that you yeah. have a response. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, right. it's very specific wording. So yeah, this this plan is all great. That's also where we have um, Sugar Daddy Ken and and Earring Ken. That's right. Um, hanging out at Weird Barbie's house too because they've all been yeah. discontinued, but. Um, um, yeah, so they're all enacting this plan. They're getting the different Barbies away and, and de-brainwashing them. Um, and here, so America Ferrera has this great sort of monologue where she's talking about like what it means to be a woman, what it's, you know, what it means to be a woman in the real world and everything, mm-hmm. which I thought was a really good scene. I mean, I'm obviously not, you and I are not the right. number one target audience for this movie. Not that we can't appreciate the movie, but it's not yeah. really... You know, I'm sure there's lots of women that this movie really spoke to them in a way that it can't for us. Yeah, I, I love this speech, you know, in my theater, you know, tons of applause. People stood up after it. Mm. Like a lot of women wow. were really like, and again, I can, I can appreciate the message, but I can't relate, you know. So, I, yeah. I appreciate that a lot of people in the audience were relating because I think it was a well-written speech and it, she says a lot of stuff that I think 
especially, you know, people like you and me wouldn't think about or don't generally think yeah. about because by default, we kind of don't have to. And that's a part of privilege that this movie's pointing out as well. And I really like the mother daughter relationship in this movie between um, these two characters. And again, it reminds me of Lady Bird, the Greta Gerwig mm. film that she made bef- not directly before this, but uh, you know, before this. Um, yeah, yeah. Lady Bird is all is centered on this mother daughter relationship. So it's about a a young woman in high school in her senior year of high school in two thousand two, um, mm. and going through you know going through this coming of age, and you know a lot of teen girls didn't get along with their mom at a certain period of time. Like, you know, it's, it's a very common thing to kind of butt heads with your mother as you're, when you're an adolescent, you're going through, you know, puberty and that kind of thing. You're having Mm -hmm. a lot of different (laughs) emotions, you know, like parks playing. It's not a phase mom, you know, slam the door, this kind of stuff. Yeah. It's teenagers. Greta Gerwig, I think is really good at writing mother daughter relationships. And so Mm -hmm. that's why I said, you know, lady bird, Highly recommended, if you, especially if you like Barbie and you want more, if you if you want to see more Greta Gerwig films, I would definitely watch Lady Bird. Little Women is really good too, um, but again, that's an adaptation. Lady Bird is original screenplay and it's based mm-hmm. on Greta Gerwig's life experience as a as a millennial herself growing up in the two thousands. Um, and for me, even though I'm a I'm a man, um, mm-hmm. I saw there's a lot that I could relate to in Lady Bird. So not to talk too much about Lady Bird, but no, but yeah, it's almost like some of the themes of this, uh, her work, uh, are just human themes too. Like, like yes. not just because something is made for women doesn't mean the message is exclusive. You know what I mean? Like, like all Absolutely. humans can learn, uh, from each other. It's Barbie and yes. it's Ken, so to speak. Um, that's right. So we're starting to deconstruct um, these of things. Ken, yeah. Yeah. Well, so we get to Ken's, is this where Ken's uh, musical number comes in? I'm trying to remember the order. I know we're going to jump around a bit, but I know there's a yeah. battle, right? There's a civil war yes. amongst the Kens at some point, but there is an existential crisis that Ken has, and he has this long musical number. I think it's before the battle, but either way. Yeah. I'm just the, Ken. I'm just Ken song. Wow. I love it. What a, yeah. what a, what a number. <laughs> it was really good. And, you know, the choreography and everything that comes with to where they're all the Kens are like dancing and singing and like, it's just really well done. I was like, damn, they went all out for this. And Ryan Gosling, you know, he's killing it. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just great. It's like, it, it, he's, he's unpacking how like uh, inadequate he feels. Like he's like, I'm just Ken, you know, something, something anywhere else I'd be a 10, but like Barbie doesn't notice me. Like he just, he's struggling with self-confidence, you know? Um, yeah, because but again, this feels without Barbie because he gets rejected. Yeah, she rejects him, I believe. Uh, another yeah. time that might be. Put he's him, put essentially over. he's in love with her, but he, she's not in love with him. Yeah, and because of that, he sort of has a crisis of identity because he's like, "Who am I without Barbie?" And I think this is such a great thing because it is some like gender flipped in the real world. A lot of. Mm-hmm women like the way we portray women in media a lot of times like they're the they're the spouse of of a man like they're you know the only way you action refer hero to and girlfriend yeah yeah right 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 yeah. literally and barbie and ken action man and girlfriend it's kind of that it's it's just there um yeah. and i like that ken being rejected like it feeds into the idea of why he makes Kendom, you know, because he feels like he has no value and he leans into these bad 
ideas, yeah. which some people he's on the essentially lean into bad ideas because they feel rejected yes. or whatever. He's essentially learning toxic masculinity. Correct. Which is, correct. you know, which is to say, you know, all masculinity is not toxic. Correct. There's good masculinity. Like you can be a very masculine dude in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay. So I think that's what Ken needs to learn. But Ken is yes. like obviously brand new to this idea of patriarchy. So he's like very naive and he's just like, well, this rocks. Like, let's go. You know, I'm a dude. I'm in yeah. charge now. Finally, dude um, stuff. Yeah. So like yeah. he kind of allies himself with these ideals that are a bit extreme, you know, in, even in the Barbie term. But it's a reflection of things that do happen in real life. So well yeah. done. But um, the plan, so Barbie's plan is to make the Kens fight each other because Kens obviously love, you know, men love wars and fighting and right, violence. Right. So if we can trick the Kens into fighting each other, then we can distract them and then we can reinstate our constitution that says that's right there's a vote that's supposed to happen they need to yeah stop the kens from going to vote to change the constitution all right that's right that's right so we need a distraction which will be the so that turns into a whole dance number um which is great like simu lu and all the other kens like simu lu is kind of like the the rival ken for the ryan gosling ken right yeah yeah um the antagonistic ken yeah 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 (laughs) Uh, um, but yeah, really good stuff. But eventually, they, trying to think what they happens. Save the Constitution. Next, yeah. That's well, right. we get the Constitution saved. We kind of go back to, to status quo. But what what um we don't go back to status quo actually because what we kind of realized right, they is realized it's together how how their society in the beginning was also unequal with the Kens not having like the same rights that the Barbies had. So they're like. Let's make an equal society, like a truly equal society. And then, yeah, but we get grid jokes too that are reflective of our, our, you know, real world where the Kens are like, oh, can we, can we have a seat on Supreme Court then? And they're like, oh, maybe some <laughs> lower circuit courts first. Which, right. You know, women had to start out in lower circuits before they were even allowed to be in Supreme Court. So it's like, yeah, you know, it's now, referencing real have, life in a humorous way. Yeah. yeah. And now we have multiple women on the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. but even, even, you know, in the, I don't know, in the nineties we had... So obviously Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Sandra Day O'Con- Sandra Day O'Connor I think was the first woman Supreme Court judge. Mm-hmm. Don't don't um quote us. hold me to this, but I believe she was the first, and then Ruth Bader Ginsburg was but to the quote second. Will Ferrell, one of, you yeah. know, that's two right there. So like we're good, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, it, but it, progress does start gradually. I think so. Now we have like four women on the Supreme Court out of nine, nine. people. So, so like that's almost half. That's pretty good, yep. right? Yeah, <laughs> but even the progress. Barbies themselves have to be like, uh, you know, like they're kind of falling to the same thing that we went through. Yeah. Towards women's equality in the Supreme Court. Like, uh, we, we're not, we can't let you all the way in the Supreme Court, but it's like done in a humorous way. But yeah. they're trying to create something new. And we have a big conversation with Barbie and Ken that I think is the core of everything where, you know, Ken is like, crying because she rejects him and he's like hiding yeah. his face right because he he thinks that's not masculine she says it's okay to cry and then he he sits up like she he's he's made to be comfortable as he is as a man and that like it's okay to cry like that kind of stuff like he's kind of shedding that and they have to discuss well who are you without barbie you know who am i without ken and, you know it's maybe you shouldn't be defined by your girlfriend. I shouldn't be defined by a boyfriend like this kind of stuff you need to figure out who you are and I think this is like a big exactly uh, moment for the movie where it's like, hey, we got to work together, but also we got to know what's important to us. Not what does society say, right? That yeah. you have to be or you should be. What What's important to you? And and that's... I think know. that's the ultimate message of the movie is that like, 
you can be anything that you want to be and you don't have to define yourself by your relationship to other people or what society expects of you or what society you belong to necessarily. Yeah. You know, right. um, just because you live in a world of all Barbies and it's a party every day in your heart, do you want to Barbie party every day? Like ask yeah. yourself that kind of thing. Or like Alan, you know, mm-hmm. he doesn't like the traditionally masculine stuff that Ken is doing. Um, and he wants to do his own thing. You know, he's just, meanwhile, out. he does kick the most ass. He defeats like four of those construction workers. Like once they oh, figure yeah. out how to build this wall horizontally, we're done for, but right now, they're just, right. but he, he like defeats them in physical combat, you know? So like he's more masculine, quote unquote, by a certain framework, even though he's just Alan, you know, right. It's like, well, look at that. So good stuff going on here. And I think Greta Gerwig, you know, she writes the line here with Barbie and I've said it a couple of times. Maybe it's not Barbie and Ken. Maybe it's Barbie and it's Ken. It's Ken. Individuals, yeah. you know, working together. Exactly. I think it's where we land. And don't let society tell you what you should be or don't let a group dynamic make you feel like you need to fit into it. Cause I think that's a lot of what's going on too. Like the social pressure to fit in, whether it's with a group of Barbies or group of Ken's, right? It's don't, don't let that yeah. pressure get to you and lose like who you are, you know? And I think it's a great message. And the fact that this movie is doing so well financially, so many, you know, little girls are probably going to see this and maybe some things are kind of going over their heads in this movie because some things are more adult oriented in terms of the ideas and stuff that like a kid necessarily wouldn't understand, but just this basic message of like, it's okay to be who you are and what, you know, whatever you want to do, like that's, it's your life. Like you shouldn't be defined by other people's expectations of you or anything like that. And I think that's a great message for, for kids to have. Yeah. And I'm not even, I wasn't even looking when I went into it, like I recognized there was, there's children there too and stuff. And I'm just watching it from my perspective as an adult male, right? So, from that, I I just really like the messaging. Like, I would show this to my kids regardless, right? Boy, girl, or other, right? Um, And then, I, I like the idea that using a toy thing to have this conversation because it's like, nothing is black and white, good or evil, right? Like, Barbie the toy. It's not black and white, good or evil. For some people, it's inspirational. For some people, it's repressive. But just take things for what they are to you. Don't let outside noise affect like your your behavior or you know how you treat other people, right? Or that that kind of thing. I'm trying to get at you know. It's it's yeah. And you also don't have to be like a superhero. You don't have to be the president. You don't have to be like you can just be a normal person that's just living their life. You can be, you can want to be a mother, you can want to have a job, you can want to be a mother with a job, or you can mm-hmm. want none of those things and just still be a happy person. Yeah. You um, can and that's be... kind of the idea that like America Ferreira is saying like at the end, like, what if we just had a normal Barbie, right? And she's saying this and then Will Ferrell's like, that's a terrible idea. Uh, and then his, his account is like, actually, this is going to make money. He's like, okay, great idea. That's a great idea. <laughs> Again, yeah. one more stab at it's it. Gonna, yeah, let's just yeah have... it comes back to the uh, consumerism of it all. Um, Which, yeah, that's what makes the world go round. But it is funny that like, oh, that's not gonna. That's a terrible idea. Till we run the projections, it's gonna make money. Okay, we'll do it. Um, right. So, so it's really, really great stuff. And I don't know. I just, um, I appreciate how far they went with it. You know, you, you there's like, you know, 
you if you want to be a Barbie, be a Barbie. You want to be a Ken, be a Ken. But look, you could be a midge. You could be a skipper. You could be a sugar daddy Ken. You could be an Alan. Right. Like you can be a weird Barbie. You, it doesn't matter, right? These things are constructs. Barbie and Ken is a fucking idea. And you can be anything in between. And I think yeah. that's like what we're really this movie's and trying even to say. Barbie at the end of the movie, she's like, maybe I don't want to live in Barbie land. Maybe I don't want to be Barbie anymore. And she that's how the movie ends is that she's in the real world. Um, and she's like going to a guy gynecologist for the first time, right? Because now she has genitals, right? Which, you know, previously I guess so, yeah. she did not. Well, yeah, she became human, but she right. goes by the name Barbara. She doesn't Barbara. say I'm Barbie. She says I'm Barbara in the real world, yeah. which is uh, one, she's kind of picking an identity, right? She's choosing her, her name, yeah. right? And um, it's also, like, I, I kind of see it as a growing up metaphor, you know, like yeah. she, as a child, any child, you have a idea of how you think the real world is then you grow up and it's it's you kind of get pushback it's not the way you expected it to be right and then you have to adjust you know ken whoa it's so cool all dudes this is great and it's like that's not how it is buddy back it up you know and yeah. he has to grow up and that's what his journey is is go figure out what he's about now barbie is growing up and in the real world now you know where things are a little bit totally. more complicated and um, yeah like you got to watch ladybird because that's what that whole movie is about of like <laughs> i think a I young woman kind of going through that same arc of like trying to figure out who she is uh and by the end of it you know she's she comes to terms with like who she is and stuff but she has to go she has to make a lot of mistakes and as we all do yeah. growing up um yeah so yeah ladybird amazing movie um but this movie i think there's a lot to chew on mm-hmm. and I think it's just the fact that, you know, this is a huge hit. Like I said, lots of people are going to see it and then it's making them think about things where they probably didn't expect to be thinking about this many things in a Barbie movie. It's like making you actually think about the real world. And I think that's like kind of brilliant that like this movie is like sneaking these thoughts into your head of like these real, you know, like real philosophical issues that like you're having to come to terms with in a Barbie movie. Yeah. And systemic issues, you know, like we're making progress, but we're clearly not anywhere near where we need to be as far as equality, a full stop, you know, not even just in America, but globally, you know, it's like, yeah, we, we need to be aware that there's still work to be done and it's going to take everybody. It's going to take Barbie. It's going to take Ken. It's going to take Alan's. It's going to take all of us to, to make the world better. And I think that's really smart yeah of them to do and i'm just i'm so impressed that they did it with a barbie movie i was not expecting it hats off headbands off to the entire creative team actors writers yeah. greta wow i just I, I love this movie i thought it was great i do need to see it again i will watch ladybird yeah yeah watch ladybird watch this movie and yeah just the fact that like it's kind of like i said sneaking sneaking these kind of didactic messages of like making you think and like of course you know a lot of blockbuster movies will make you think about things but a lot of people when they go to a movie like this they're just expecting to turn their brain off and just watch like a colorful movie for two hours right and it's sort of an escapism thing and this movie does have some escapism but it really does get into um a serious kind of critique of barbie as a cultural you know icon so yeah great job uh you know, kudos to Maytel for even like signing off on this idea mm-hmm. and, and definitely kudos to Greta Gerwig, the whole cast and crew that made this happen because yeah, I see this as an absolute win and uh, yeah, huge success. Absolutely. 
Well, I think that's our overall view, thoughts on the Barbie movie. We're going to come right back after this uh, and hit you with the final, final thoughts of uh, this, uh, this right. movie here. So, we'll catch you on the other side. Bye. Bye, Ken. <laughs> Bye, Ken. We're back. It's Mike Ken here. Uh, we're talking final thoughts on the Barbie movie. Uh, and yeah, I mean, we, we've kind of gone over it. But again, we can't say enough good things about this movie. Recommend you go see it if you haven't. Um, see it twice if you have. I don't know. I think it just it deserves a lot of praise. Um, yes. Yeah. The issues that it's talking about with society, you know, it's like, oh, especially when it says, oh, this is a perfect society perfect for who kind of thing because i do like right. i wanted to mention barbie saying you know what ken it didn't have to be girls night every night you know like ken was feeling like he's taken for granted which is something a lot of you know people and women can be familiar with like i'm you right. know so i like that barbie even acknowledges hey i was being a little short-sighted too and i'm sorry and i think that it's important to have both those beats in the movie too it's like everybody's learning nobody was perfect and a perfect society for barbie isn't a perfect society for Ken, just like our society isn't perfect for everybody either. Um, yeah. So like at the end of the day, like Ryan Gosling, Ken is like the villain of the movie, but he's really, he's not a bad person. He's just confused and like trying to come to terms with who he is. And Mm -hmm. so once him and Barbie have like a real talk, like a heart to heart, they hash out like their issues and stuff that, it's just, you know, there's no true villain in the movie. It's all really just people trying to live good lives and stuff. So, I I don't know. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I mean, and he he's able to hash those issues out by being vulnerable and like open with his feelings, which is something uh, a lot of dudes hate to do. You know, yeah. it's important and necessary. Get in touch with your feelings, guys. I'm telling you. That's right. But, uh, you know, we have to tear down those traditional gender norm walls, right? And yeah. Emotions are good. They're for everybody. <laughs> Everyone has That's them. Right. Talk about them if you can. But right. I, I think Therapy that was is good great. for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, talking about your feelings. Um, yeah, it's good. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think the fact that again, Greta Gerwig was able to come in and like make this big, big budget license IP blockbuster, but still have her individual creative voice come through in it is just a really rare thing and even when you know indie directors make the jump and do like a superhero movie or something like that a lot of times their their sort of author authorial voice gets lost in the in the mcu of it all right or whatever so Mm -hmm. just the fact like the fact that this movie was made and works so well and is a critical success and it's a financial success is just like it's just so so rare in the in the movie industry, really. Yeah, I didn't think that I would look at this as like this kind of. I guess I'll say monolith, like there's this kind of you know point in cinema, but I think it is like a some type of mile marker. Um, mm. I don't know culturally with with what it's about and what it's accomplishing. It's just wild. Um, yeah. And it, it makes me think, because now the rumors are, oh, they're going to do a Ken movie. So, I want to know, how do you feel about that? Well, that's the um, thing. So, yeah, and I'm, Maytel I'm has all these warm. plans for their different properties that they want to adapt. The BCU. <laughs> yeah. 
So it just seems like, I don't know, like this movie was a really good one-off movie, but... Lightning in a bottle, yeah. Yeah, and even if they did like a Barbie 2 or like a Ken spinoff, like I feel like these characters have already like completed their arcs in this movie. Like, where do you go from here? Like, it's not going to be as good. Mm -mm. And yeah, I don't know. Like, obviously, Maytel is going to want to keep... Like the fact that this was such a big success, they're going to they're going to want to keep making movies, and they're going to want to, you know, make movies of their other toy products and stuff. And it's just like I can see this turning into like the emoji movie like really quickly. You know? Oh God, yeah. And like, does Greta Gerwig want to do more Barbie Mattel right. movies? Probably not. So yeah, then we're going to get some randos, and it's just going to be yeah. diminished returns on these. So I say leave it's it. It's not going to be as good. And I know Greta no. Gerwig; she's already signed on to do. Uh, the Chronicles of Narnia for Netflix. Um, so mm. they want to reboot, like they made, you know, there's Chronicle Narnia movies like in the 2000s. Um, they want to reboot that and redo that. And I guess Greta Gerwig is going to make multiple Narnia movies for Netflix, hmm. which is kind of interesting. I would rather, I mean, I kind of want her to go back to like doing smaller budget indies and stuff like Lady Bird. Um, but maybe, you know, she wants to focus on bigger budget things, which there's nothing wrong with that. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. I mean, I think the world is her oyster at this point after this weekend. So she can kind of pick and choose. And if she wants to do Narnia, she's going to do it. But I think she's definitely in the driver's seat because. Yeah. This is, and I, she can do it all. She's an actor, too. She acted in the movie Francis Ha, which was co-written by her and directed by Noah Baumbach, her partner. And nice. that's a really good movie. That's about like a that's another movie about a millennial, like going to college and like trying to figure out who she is and stuff. That's a that's a lot of her kind of um, body of work is a lot is of coming, coming of that. age. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. she is a millennial. So she's like, you know, a few years older than us. So she's sort of like the elder millennial, but um, you know, right. What you know. Right. So yeah, yeah, it might be why some of this stuff resonates. You know, I, I did watch Lady Bird, but, you know, we are also yeah. millennials. So it's like, ah, hashtag relatable. Um, Absolutely. But, uh, you know, I'll be watching for whatever she does next. And um, yeah. yeah, I think this is a huge success. Obviously, financially, it's crushing it. Biggest movie of the year so far. Uh, and if it continues to do well, I mean, it will maybe end up as the number one movie of the year, which is usually like Avengers Endgame or No Way Home or something. So the fact that this is competing with those kind of movies, it's like Across crazy. the Spider-Verse, nothing. Yeah. Got nothing on Barbie. Well, it's no. something, but that Super can't Mario be Brothers. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Good going, Barbie. Proud of you. Um, congrats again to everybody. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think and also uh, just to mm-hmm. compare it really quick to like Super Mario Brothers, the number two movie right now. Um, of the year if you look at that movie that movie doesn't really make you think about anything right it's just mm-hmm. a very basic and it wasn't bad like i didn't hate that movie but it's just like the bare minimum of like a super, what a mario brothers movie would do without making you have to think about any real thing like the patriarchy and stuff so right kind of two different ways to make a licensed ip movie i think yeah yeah you could could have just done the typical barbie beach house comedy whatever keep it in the barbie world not dealing with real life verses but to go this way isekai route and um, right and that movie probably wouldn't be as interesting as this movie is no and that would have been more like the super mario you know bare minimum uh yeah so yeah, I'm really, I'm really pleased with it. One line I really liked, just to shout it out, is when they're making the plan to take back over the kingdom, and the daughter's like, "Oh, 
is it uh is it time for a white savior barbie and i was like oh yeah yeah <laughs> there's a lot of good one-liners that fly through this thing. i also That's like that i thought was great yeah i also like when they cut to uh the dad america Ferrera's husband and he's yeah. just like doing duolingo on his phone and just like uh-huh. sitting at home and it's just like that's just a really funny bit like oh yeah dad'll be fine he's fine yeah and he's <laughs> yeah. still trying to speak spanish you know uh, right and that's maybe. kind of a non a non-traditional masculinity where this guy is like married to a latina woman mm-hmm. and like trying to learn spanish for her so that he can kind of communicate in her you know, in her mother tongue as well. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So he's like making an effort. Guy. He's a bit of a yeah. goober, but he's making an effort. Look at that. Right. He's got glasses. That's all you can ask for. Yeah. Yeah. So it's even subtle things like that work. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a lot yeah. to, a lot to like in this movie, a lot to think about. Um, but we definitely both really liked it and we would recommend everyone go see it. Right. I am a fan of Barbie now. It took 34 yeah. years in this movie, but yeah, otherwise I was indifferent. Now I'm a fan of at least this movie. Um, yeah. So, well done. So, all hail Barbie, all hail Barbenheimer, mm-hmm. hopefully Oppenheimer when we go see it on Friday. Is this, is this good? And uh, What's going to yeah. make me think about society more? I didn't think I would ask right. that question, <laughs> you know, Oppenheimer or Barbie. Which movie is more controversial in in east asia i would not think that it would be barbie but apparently it is. oh man yeah apparently it's the nine dash line. <laughs> mm-hmm. wild all right well all right we really appreciate you coming along to barbie land with us you know two uh white dudes talking about barbie thanks for uh hell yeah joining us we had a lot of fun let us know what you thought uh let us know if we're completely off base but we did our best to uh you know discuss this thing that's a pretty important cultural uh little event so really enjoyed it more than i expected uh great stuff Uh, i would just say go in with an open mind and like meet the movie on its own terms you know mm -hmm. and uh i think most people will like it so thank you barbie shout out to you and that's enough from us so we're gonna get out of here (laughs) you are enough you are all of you out there you are enough. I need to get that sweater. I want that yes. really badly. <laughs> yes. I think actually Maytel is selling. <laughs> okay. Well, they can get their money from me. We'll yeah. do that. Um, mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, be sure to always uh, check out uh, the video uh, episodes on YouTube. Normies like That's us. Right. Also, uh, Instagram, Twitter. Twitter's gone. X. I guess we won't be using that X. for a while. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Find us online, uh, normieslikeus.com, and feel free to you know let us know what you thought of the Barbie movie and what stuff you want us to cover going forward. Otherwise, uh, I've been your host, Mike Ken. And this is Irrepressible Thoughts of Death, Jacob. All right. Buy me in stores now. That's right. (laughs) Take care, everybody. Uh, Have a good one. Bye, Barbie. Bye, Barbie. Bye, Ken. Bye, Ken. Bye, Alan. (laughs) Stop. Bye, Alan. (laughs) Bye, Midge. My name is Gandalf the Grey, and I'm imploring you to leave a like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Don't keep it secret. Don't keep it safe. Don't take me as a conjurer of cheap tricks, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Normies Like Us. Fly, you fools!